morning tip. Good afternoon. It is May 22nd, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Leibniz and hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? I got a story for you. Out in Colorado, two buddies are coming back. It's late. Probably coming back from the bar, you know, doing probably doing a little bit of boozing. They are doing 52 in a 30 mile per hour zone. Lights come on. They get pulled over. After they get pulled over, you know, the cops right behind you, you're able to see, they swap seats. So the passenger gets in the driver's seat, driver's seat guy gets into, into the passenger seat. Then the guy that started in the driver's seat that was in the passenger seat gets out of the passenger side and goes, hey, I wasn't driving. Who gets in trouble in that situation? <laughs> yeah, the legal hotline of little column A here. I, yeah. I'm the wrong person to call in this situation. I'm not going to be helpful this is all. Why, why am i supposed to know the answer to this or is this just a chance to humiliate my lack of knowledge in this area like is there an obvious answer here or is this just what i yes. what i'm hoping to happen what i want to happen yeah. what i what i think there, there's there's an obvious answer but i've i've clouded some of the details on, on purpose here i see no way out of this this is this is silly semantics that he's stalled as far as he can but at the end of the day they know who was driving the car now, if they have no evidence of who's driving the car, I think you're free and clear. I'm not recommending this on anyone, though, because there's dash cams. There's a million ways, I think, to prove that this wasn't the original driver in the scenario. However, you know, I've seen it before where if you're on the highway, you, you cover a lot of mileage just trying to pull over certain areas. It, there's not always an opening. Sometimes you end up driving farther down, and the cop's not always going to be directly behind you where there is a small window of, of possible doubt where maybe that isn't the driver, and maybe it is. I also think, though, that you could just say, all right, if this is the driver, you're in trouble. I saw you speeding. Like, you just admitted you were driving. and Whatever the traffic violation was, you just then give it to the new person. Is that is that wrong? Is that what you're hoping for? I'm not sure what you're hoping for here. I'm, I'm a, it's going to be a very, very sensitive and touchy touchy podcast today, and I don't know if I like, well, like where we're starting right now because we're going to go some places that I'm not really excited to go, and and we're starting with this. this. This is already drama I'm not ready for. Am I getting pulled over right now? Can I <laughs> Give me the reason, <laughs> the reason that it is obvious is because these two buddies, they're both not human. One is the owner, and the other one is a dog. The guy got pulled over and tried to switch seats with his dog, throwing his dog right under the bus, and then get out of the car and say, wasn't me. He's the one that did it. The dog did it. Yeah, you know this is this is where we're at at this point. Talk, just blame the blame it on the dog. It's uh, what's that smell? Blame it on the dog. So as you might imagine, he got in trouble for uh, speeding under the influence of alcohol or drugs, as well as resisting arrest. Dog just got off with a warning. Man, I, I hope was <laughs> I'm good for the dog. I'm I'm sure it's uh it's tolerated enough, you know. It's been dealing with that owner right under the bus. First thing, just this will work. Oh man, you got you got to look out for these people out here. Well, I need to look out for the people driving. Yes, th those people. <laughs> That's that we all need to. Dog owners. I I don't know if look I'm, at them. I wouldn't. I don't know if that association is quite fair right now. That that I'm feeling uh, attacked now. This is. This isn't good. I've I've already been under attack. It's been a rough week. Despite just could it could it have been a worse week? Well, I figured I'd start with the the, the stuff I actually want to pay attention to and that I actually think are worth mourning over, 
this week, and it isn't just the Carmelo Anthony retirement. It is the passing of Jim Brown, the Syracuse legend, the actor, activist, legendary lacrosse player, and by the way, might have played a little bit of football on the side. I don't know, what, seven, eight years, couple MVPs, possibly greatest running back, you know, fullback. It's just, uh, you know, the, the the association with him beyond everything I just mentioned is just incredible beyond. I feel like you're going to see pictures with him in such a crazy amount of people, and especially over history. And the activist stuff has, has aged, I think, very well. I mean, Jim Brown is, is, I think, a guy everyone's always looked up to as one of the guys. I don't know how else to really say it beyond all that. It just seems a little strange losing something like this, sort of an idol or a guy that's almost felt more valuable than just any general human being. And it's it's uh, it's a real loss. I think it's a real loss. And I think we saw a little bit throughout the week here. And I don't know how else to really say it. It's uh, far more important, I think, the, the stuff he was trying to accomplish and I think the things that he did accomplish than maybe all the other things I mentioned in his starting resume. Um, anything you kind of want to add for this one, or are we just gonna? I got I uh, I have some accolades in front of me. I just I just like to read off. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the College Football Hall of Fame, as well as the National Lacrosse Hall of Fame. He started his career with two MVPs and then ended his career. His last year ended with an MVP. Had a NFL championship. It's before there were Super Bowls, as well as he has the the leading uh yards per game at 104.3 uh i got i got a list here you, you, all right so how does that compare barry sanders is the closest and he's just under 100 but if you look at anybody else you know walter payton he's a he's a hall of famer 88 yards per game so just some some, some crazy stats just one of, one of those athletes obviously way before our time but just anytime you see one of those lists of your know, greatest athletes of all time, Jim Brown is always somebody that gets thrown on that list. And just always cool where you and I played a little bit of lacrosse in high school, and it just is not nearly as popular as any of the other uh, major sports. Just seeing like, hey, here's a guy that was playing lacrosse before probably like most of the country even knew what lacrosse was. And lacrosse has definitely come up in popularity since, but just still pretty cool that there's that little wrinkle to it that he, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily uh, – football and baseball that you we've seen before but was lacrosse i think in a lot of ways he was ahead of his time not not only with all that being I mean, ahead of just the actor and i also think the post athlete career is, is something i think he was also ahead of i mean he was in movies like not that like athletes aren't in movies but i think he was in the way more actual serious movies and not just goofy shazam like movies I don't, not that there's anything wrong with either of those but you know, I think there's there's an attempt to be an actual actor, I think, here, which is what everyone's dream always is. Uh, yeah, strange one. Um, strange week. It, you, you know, definitely an age where things things happen, and, and uh, we are where we are at this point. Um, I don't really want to talk about the mellow retirement. I just – it's just some Syracuse news that we may not be always reporting as much anymore. It, this, is, this is the only kind of Syracuse news I think we're going to be hearing for quite some time. Hopefully, do, do you have any any NBA guys from Syracuse? Like in actively in the league? Actively, yeah. Now that now that Carmelo's retired. Oh, there's probably at least one. Don't I? I is it Michael Carter Jr. back? There's something like that. Not Michael Carter Jr. Is, oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Carter Williams. Is that right? Michael Carter Williams. Yeah. You're right. He was kind of kind of hanging around where Carmelo retired, but he he didn't play at all this year, so. I'm probably forgetting at least one, but there's 
There's not many left. <laughs> uh, why, 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 why do you not want to talk about Carmelo retiring? Just because you're, you're sad that a Syracuse guy is going or just because you didn't like Carmelo? Or what, what's, what's your thought process behind that? I just talked about Jim Brown, and I'm all for I'm all for Mello, man. Mello's great. Mello Mello did his thing, and I'm not saying that it's just I don't really want to follow. He can't follow Jim Brown. I'm sorry, he's not there. He's he's an Olympic gold medal winner. I think that's the best basketball I've seen him play. Was was over there with the super team, and maybe that's fair, maybe that's not. Uh, Jeremy Grant, another uh, I believe that's another Syracuse guy. Um, I don't know. I, I it's just. You know, it was kind of a failure of a career. Now, I, I, a lot of it may not be his fault, and some of it may be directly his fault. It's it's really a matter of the circumstances that you kind of end up in. And I, I think if you were to do it all over again, I, I think there's a scenario where we look at Carmelo Anthony's career completely different. And, and maybe it's the same skill level and the same talent and maybe the same problems, but maybe with a lot more success in the right organization. And and maybe maybe it wasn't any of that. Maybe this is just who Melo was to begin with. I, I It's a weird ending, though. It's like this isn't Kobe. This isn't LeBron retiring here. He was LeBron's draft class. I think there's an association with him and Wade and LeBron and Bosh and all of that kind of coming around for that. I mean, I just think if he goes two instead of Darko, that's the real what-if situation. And then you know, that Detroit team was awesome. And then you add Carmelo Anthony there. That's that's really where they had the steal of having that two pick, and it never really pans out with Darko. I just – a lot of what-ifs with Melo and, and not a lot of, of – not a lot of fun results is is really where we're kind of at at this point. I mean, really, what's the most successful thing you could say about Melo at this point? Like the second we start bringing up Olympic stuff, I feel like we're doing a disservice to his success where it's like, that's not really good that we're bringing that up so quickly. That's not a successful NBA player. Like, do you top, think, do you think he'll be an, you think he'll be a hall of famer? So he'll be a hall of famer yes, for that. Definitely. Oh yeah. He, he won a, he won a championship at, at Syracuse and won the, the Olympics. So that's for sure. Hall of fame as well as, Top 10 in scoring. I, I don't know how you, you don't put him in there. I just wish you could do it over again. That, that's really just where I'm at. It, it's he, he made he made four hundred and ten million in career earnings. I don't, I don't think he's doing uh, I wouldn't call it a failure at all. I'm not calling it a failure. I just wish it had you just said it was a way. failure. A disappointment of a failure. It's not it's not a, it's oh, okay. not a complete failure. It's a disappointment. failure. It's a parent failure. It's a it's a disappointment. You just wanted better for him. I did. I did. And I do think there could have been a scenario where, where it happened. He plays with LeBron way too late in his career. He should have been able to make that happen. And, and maybe LeBron picked someone else over him for a reason. And that, that maybe we should be looking at more at that, that way. And that's that's why we ended up where we're at. But See, I didn't want to do that. See what I did right now? You just pulled all that out of me. See, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do that. It was supposed to be a good day, a good week for him. And now, now I'm analyzing a guy that's not even playing anymore who I'm a fan of and I'm a fan of the school. And and you and you're making me be, put my basketball hat on. It was like I was I was. You should have followed Jim Brown. All right, this this is, this podcast is off the rails. We we need to just get it over with. Are you ready to talk the Celtics? All right. If you don't want to talk about Carmelo anymore, we can move on. I I just I don't think I could put it off anymore. All right. Well, I tried to put priority over the other things, and they were worthy of the priority. But we have to get to the point where that the Celtics season is basically over. And, and as as bad. This all as happened Cel so fast. As, as bad Literally as last podcast, we, it was coming off of winning game seven. We were riding high, and I never would have expected by one podcast length that we would have it, it would have been season over. It's like worst case, it would have been we were down one two. It's like oh well, boy, we gotta gotta figure this out. Never would have expected we were gonna be down oh three the next time we were talking to each other on the pod. It's a humbling experience. I'll, I'll tell you what. This is a podcast. This show we're doing at the moment right now. This almost never feels like a job. 
until a day like today comes around where your team gets their ass kicked. They're the ones that's the problems. They're the ones that are not doing it. They're the ones you have to come on the podcast and be critical of, and it's it's never really fun to do that. I know I always sound critical of the Celtics, but it's really just I'm trying to see this team improve, trying to see this team get better, and they keep making the same mistakes over and over again, and that just added up to the point where Miami has completely figured us out, and I have to redefine who I, who I think these guys are and who I think this Miami team is. This Miami team is better than us. Like, is, there's a scenario, sure, I, where we could have won some of these games. Is, is there a lot of what-if situations? Yeah, but at the end of the day, they've won every single what-if situation, and that doesn't feel like by accident or by luck. It just feels like they are the better team. I have no other argument. They're up 3 nothing. We gave up in Game 3 to the point where we don't even want to fight anymore. This team's just given up to the point that they think that this team's better. Why should I think otherwise? This Miami team is not your average eight seed. They're 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 closer to a ten seed actually, and and they're better than us. And I don't know if I should be panicking about it, but it just happened so fast. I went and overanalyzed everything, thinking there's not a whole lot of other basketball to talk about because there's no actually there's no we can't talk X's and O's right now. There, there, like what X's and O's is there even now, talking when about? You, when you when you lose by thirty, yeah. when you're down by twenty in the second quarter. It's not a ooh. Well, if we just kind of make this one little adjustment, that that's not how it works. And it's just, I, I still, I, I, I see it. I watch the games. We're down 0-3, but I just can't get away from this team. Lost to Atlanta. But we handled Atlanta with, you know, we messed around a little bit. There really was never any any doubt there. And then they, they almost lost to Chicago. And, I mean, it's a couple months ago now, but it's like there's a reason this team played all year. And was not a higher seed, and the play-ins like reflect that. And now they're just on this—I I don't even know what you call it. It's just—it's a miracle run. We've never seen this before. How did we end up here? Is is something you're saying from last week to this week? And it starts from the beginning of the year, where I—I I think if we have Ime, man, this is really a different scenario. I know this is Ime's fault. It's, this is Ime's fault. I am rooting. I, I'm put. I'm stamping it right now. Next year, I'm actively rooting against Houston. Every game. Coaching is hard. It's not supposed to be easy. I, think, I never really had anything against Houston. I think I, I kind of you know Harden over there out in the West. Yeah, who cares? But now this year, they're they're rock they're rocketing right up the the, the list. They're not at the top, but they're gonna be up towards the top when uh, you know I. I you just, you know, a game comes on. Oh, who's Houston playing tonight? Oh, yeah, let's let's watch them. Let's see if Houston can lose tonight. Coaching is hard. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. I don't think anyone's asking for it to be easy. Didn't you just hear uh, Jokic's comments earlier I, this, I think, uh, this week? I, I think that is exactly where we're at. But the reason it is such an unfair job, it is the reason that coaches are blamed and frequently just sent away overnight just like this. I mean, what every competitive coach of the last – whatever NBA finals is gone now other, other than Spolstra none of them are coaching for their teams in the matter of like two years all these teams that were in the NBA finals competing for a championship got all the way over there are no longer coaching and, and it's like Kerr. sure it, it there, there there are certain guys I mean he, he's kind of baked in ahead all right this is a little bit different of a franchise era going over there right he's, he's been there too long but either way my, my point of it all being is it's just unfair but the worst thing you can have happen to you, and the real reason why no one's ever going to have any sympathy for you when you do get moved on, is sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not fair. It's it's that the team gave up on you. 
And that's why it seems like there's nothing you can do. Like, have you ever seen a coach survive guys giving up in the playoffs and then coming back the next year? It doesn't always happen. And it's really hard to happen when you're a new guy like this and you have the resume that you have where you were given something you really shouldn't have had. But the Celtics didn't have any other scenarios, all right? They let Will Hardy go. You're a high school kid with a Ferrari. They let Ime go because of the circumstances that they had, of which nobody wanted to do that, and they had no other choice but to do it. And I think the way they went about it, I actually think they did an incredible job when you go back and look at it. It just sucks. It just sucks. And I don't think it's entirely fair to put it on Missoula. I just think he was put in a situation where we were hoping for a miracle, and we almost got it. We got this far, and there were so many bumps in the road, and there were so many things. The only thing that I think he really struggled with that I know he was just trying to control everything from just falling completely off the tracks and that he wasn't really there to be developing talent, but where I think he truly struggled and actually failed this year is that we didn't get any better from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. That that Belichick kind of saying, I say, by the team you see week one won't be the team you see by week eight. We didn't have that, and and that kind of worries me about where we are, we are where we are with our current roster on our on a point of do we have to make moves to actually get better? Is anyone on our roster actually going to go to this offseason and actually get better the next year? And then I looked across all the other rosters in the NBA and thought, well, I don't know if anyone else is truly going to get a whole lot better too. So maybe it is just stuck with actually making moves or perhaps we still have the best hand that we could play against any other team right now with the roster that we're locked into. Um, I just think that's the most thing I can be critical of Mozilla for. Is that, is that at least fair? I mean, sure, we could. I could point out the timeouts things. I could say he was critical in these, these playoff games, but I don't feel like we improved at all as a team, and, and I'm not saying I expected us to, but if anything, we declined, and I, I also think that's fair to put on him as well. You know, like He didn't make anyone better, and the team's results were declining. I, I don't know what else to point. I mean, do you, do you think it's just entirely players? Do guys just not show up? Is that is that easier? Or, or they're not showing up in the offseason? It, it's, it's both. It's it's the players and and Missoula. It, it, it's a combination where you know Missoula came out and said, "Hey, you know th- this is my fault. I didn't have these guys ready to play." And, well, one, why? Why why did you not have them ready to play? It's the conference finals. This isn't a game in December that really doesn't matter. And then the other side of it is, why are these players not ready? A lot of these guys have been to the conference finals like multiple times. We went to the finals last year. You have an idea. This isn't a brand new team, and this is the first time going deep into the playoffs, or the first time in the playoffs. This is something I expected to, you know, could happen to the Kings. You know, this is your first time in the playoffs, first time the city's been in the playoffs, and you know, forever. It just you're overwhelmed. It, you you mess it up. But this has happened three games in a row, and the first two are at home. I think this was the. Uh, I think I heard it was before uh, game two. Every other home team that had lost game one, won game two, it was it was like 16 times in a row. And we were up in the fourth. We were, we were in control, and then it, it just, just just biffed it. But there was no reason that you you look at the you look at the players. It just if you're you know at the uh, you know at the you know the blacktop at the courts, and you're just picking you're picking so many Celtics before you're picking. Uh, most of the most of the heat, but that team it just it just works together, and it just it's it's just it's it's just so frustrating. I'm not sure if you were to do that draft all over again that you would end up with the results that you want here. Like I I really think that they would they would change. Like, I think you, you who would you do the draft for right now? You you would take Tatum where? Are we going Jimmy first. 
It, like you say, we're, we're playing a game tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, you got you got to go Jimmy first. Look look what he's been doing. Okay, so that's an easy one. And then what? Bam. Then Tatum. Because no. you know the fascinating thing with Tatum is like yes, in this draft we do all this, but I'm watching Max Struess not only be able to defend him, but he's not able to get a stop anymore either. Like where did our defense go, Jalen? And all these guys complaining Dude, about the referees knocking back on defense, can't guard anyone in a stand-up and in a one-on-one stance, our help where we were just reliant on Duncan on Rob Robinson Williams. was not getting playing time, and he was going back doors on people yesterday, and he was taking guys off the dribble yesterday. How? How? That, to me, it, that has to be effort. That has nothing to do with you know skill level. There's a reason Duncan Robinson wasn't playing. Duncan Robinson has a very specific skill set, and it is for sure not taking guys off of the dribble. I give Miami a lot of credit. I don't know any other way around it. They they played well. They played well. They played, they played better than us. They are the better team. A lot better. Uh, a lot Spolstra, better than us. Spolstra pulled all the, pushed all the right buttons, and I, I don't know what else. To say. I can't even point to like one thing. It was like, oh, man, I never would have thought Miami did this. It's just that they just played better. They played better defense. They got every 50-50 ball. They didn't complain to the refs nearly as much as we did, and we're not nearly as dependent on it as well. It felt for us like the second we didn't get some calls in game three, they were like, oh, well, it's going to be like this today. We got no chance. I'm going to continue bitching at the refs, hoping that maybe we start getting some calls, and then maybe we'll have a chance. It's just the wrong just, way to go about it. We just had had bad mental mistakes as well. At the end of the of the first half, I believe uh, they're like the difference between the shot clock and the and the game clock was maybe like two seconds, and and Jalen just like jacked up a three with I think I don't know like nine to ten seconds to go. Miami didn't end up scoring, but it was just it wasn't like he got wide open or anything. It was normally you wait till seven and then you make your move. Okay, it's just like, like really simple stuff. All right, well. They're up three. So do you think do you think Missoula is going is gonna be is gonna be the head coach next year? I would have fired him after game two, but seeing what happened in, in game the playoffs, three, I would have fired him after game two. I don't think you could do that. I would have fired him you're 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 asking me this or questioning me this, right? I would have fired him after game <laughs> two, but now after seeing the results of game three. I almost think that, like, because I thought we were the better team. That's why I would have fired him in game two. We are I, we are the better team. We we should be not only at least tied, we should be up 2-0. We have home court. We, we've worked our ass off all regular season to be better than this team. This team barely got into the playoffs. There's so many other things. We just had a 50-point game from a guy in game seven at home. Like We should be better than we were. That's why I would have fired him after game two, because I thought we were the better team. Game three, we gave up and almost proved that we are clearly not the better team so now at this point where i'm under a different opinion now that i don't think we're the better team anymore so i don't think it's it's nearly the same amount of blame on missoula anymore because now i'm thinking it's a miracle this guy got this team this far because they're not as good as we i thought they were like i i had to reassess everything so within a matter of a game i i, I feel like i he almost gained value in his job when i started losing respect for the players which is almost a bigger alarming problem where i don't know what we have anymore and we don't have a whole lot of moves to make otherwise like this is what we have and it's it's a great hand to play i think a lot of people would bet on it vegas 
put put money on us. Three games in the row, we were a favorite. We lost game one. Game two, we came back as a bigger favorite. We lost game two. We're down 2-0 going into Miami. We're still a three-point favorite in Miami on the road. Ve- like even Vegas was screwed was screwed by us. Like they, they, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it all makes sense because th- that those numbers, those stats, those sort of things just generally don't happen to the point where. I, I need to reassess everything, and I, I'm reassessing him to the point where I, I imagine he will be better next year. He will not make these same mistakes twice. There is no reason to think that Joe Mazzulla should have been successful this year knowing the resume that he had. He's going to go through every single one of these bumps. Zero. Zero resume. Zero. None. You know? I, 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 so, like, there's— And, and it's—like it, it, it's, it, it, I said, it's Ime's fault, and this happened a week before the season started. We had already gone through training camp, already gone through preseason. Like, like the ownership just, you know, they, they did what they had to do. I, I don't, I, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, well, we should have done this. We lost our, our, our best assistants. They got hired. That's how you know that they're good. The, Will Hardy is, is, a, is a head coach this year. So. Well, if you could do it all over again, we don't let Will Hardy go because we think, hey, we just got Ime. Ime just got us to the finals. We really like this Will Hardy guy, but the guy we hired got us to the finals and Players are responding. Like everything's going well. Like I guess we could lose Will Hardy, and we can we can free him up because we didn't have to let him go. Like there was just so many other things we could have done that we wouldn't have done if we had just known that Ime was about to blow up in front of everyone's face right now. Like the, they had no way of knowing that. Because if you could do it all over again, and Will Hardy is even here, even if they still give it to Missoula, and Will Hardy's the assistant, that's a better that's a better coaching staff than we had this past series. And it, it, it's just, but the time the timeline doesn't add up. There's no, you can't you can't do it like that. No, there's no way. You can only make the decisions, and you know when, when when you know the news. And the fascinating thing too is your Will Hardy. I you know I imagine you're scratching your head, you know, weeks later too, thinking like shit. I could that, I knew I was never going to be the guy for Boston because you know, this guy they hired just got him to the finals. Like it's going to be a long his first year in his first year. So like I, I he he did it. I was kind of hoping he didn't make it and that maybe I would be the guy next up, but he did make it. I'm looking for jobs elsewhere. And then that happens weeks later, and you're you're probably thinking, I shit, I I knew everything about this team. I, I you know, but he's not in the worst situation in Utah. I just it, it really it was really unfortunate for everyone, and and I don't know what else we could have done. I I just. How do you think Boston can be better next year? Is is there is there well, a coaching like, thing? Is there a roster thing? Well, two, can our two players of, actually uh, improve? Two of, of my main concerns are that easy right now. You, you know, it's almost like the new owner syndrome. It's like we just lost. We just got embarrassed. We have to do something. We have to make a move right now. And you, you're just looking at what happened the most recent. Like if we get rid of Missoula and we get a new coach. That is going to be the fourth coach in four years. That usually isn't a recipe for success. So that concerns me as well as there's talk, you know, that we, we, we laid down, it sure looked that way, and that it's because uh, Missoula has lost the locker room. Majority of these guys were on the team two years ago when it was that Brad Stevens had lost the locker room, and that's why he went into ownership and we needed a new coach because I, I think they needed a new voice. So then it's, wait a minute. Is, is this a coaching issue or is this a player issue that after one season or or less, you're just, nah, I don't want to play for this guy. So, well, how many guys do we have to bring in here? Sooner or later, you got to get the job done. We need to, well, if we were hiring, if we were hiring, like, 
any of those years, we wouldn't have hired Joe, though, is, is, is more of my point. We would have hired no. somebody else. And I also think we're at a point where we were pretty picky picking Ime, and I think we liked that Ime was going to be a little bit of a bully with the, with the players, that he was going to be a little bit more demanding, and that he was going to be a zero tolerance. He, he was... He was a player, but I don't think he was really as much of a player's coach as, as we relate to like Doc or other guys or letting Ty Lue, letting guys rest and, and do all that. I think he was far more demanding, and I think we liked that of all that. Now, Missoula not having the resume, and, and this is the other strange thing, is I don't think this is an easy team to coach, and it's not even just the multiple personalities. It's that they do have this unearned confidence, which they kind of have earned because they have had all this really, really young success out of out of just will like they just forced it like I don't even know if we were entirely deserving of all the success they've had but we have been in the conference finals we have been to the finals like they haven't won anything but I think when you have a resume like Missoula which just doesn't have anything and you're going and trying to get a lot of guys to listen to you it's going to be hard because they they have some sense of entitlement that they are that they do have a right to I I just think you got to bring in someone with a little bit more class a little bit more experience a little bit more pull on the locker room I'm with you, man. I, I, I wish you, I want it to be Joe. I, I really think there was a scenario where this could have been great. It just, it should have been Emei, and it, and it needs to be a guy like Emei, though, that's just going to come in and, and, and bring us a little toughness because we didn't have that this year. It's not just the X's and O's. It's the effort. It, I don't care. If, if they're, if they're going to play for this guy, Missoula, next year and, and actually show some effort and actually play defense, if we're going to be a top 10 defense all over again, bring him back. That's fine. Just can, can you guarantee me that, though? Because I think you got a better chance guaranteeing that with another coach than you do with Missoula, and, and that's why it's going to be hard to bring him back. Well, you're asking, you know, what, what can the players like? Are the players going to improve? It's like the, the, the talent is there. You, you see Tatum, game seven, 51 points, crunch time, ready to go, you know, down the stretch of that game six when it needed to happen. He made it happen. I mean, it was terrible earlier on. So I think the skill is there, but it seems to be more – in these crunch situations, when it gets really tough, we just can't get over over that hurdle. And so, it's like, can you, can you go to toughness school? You know, you, you can go and you can take more shots, but what can you do to have more toughness? And I don't mean, you know, trying to get in a fight with Jimmy Butler or doing something like that or playing dirty. I just mean when it gets really hard, you're able to just block everything out and you're able to execute and I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you're able to teach that in the offseason. I thought we were. I, I actually this is there's no way this is going to come out and sound well at all. Nobody's going to like any of this. But I, I I almost felt like we were. We were like the, the politician that knew they were going to lose last night and we already kind of came in trying to play it all cool like that and. I just didn't like that. It almost felt like we were preparing for the press conference of which we were explaining ourselves and it was going to be you know, the coaches and then it was going to be the referees and then it was going to be, you know, Miami's okay. They're, they're, they're good. You know, they have a good home court. It's, it, it just, it seemed like we came into game three prepared to already say all that and not really prepared to come up with a scenario of like, Hey, this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to win. And, and I don't like that. And I don't know how we're going to fix that. that. That's a weakness. That's a lack of toughness that this team doesn't necessarily and have. This, this this is not the end of the road for this team. This is this is gonna be our team next year. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at the uh, the the salaries and you know for next year, everybody is under contract for next year, with the exception of Grant Williams, who will be on the uh, uh, eligible for the rookie extension. So somebody could come in, uh, restricted free agent offer. We'd be able to match 
So I got to imagine someone, there's going to be teams interested in Grant as well as teams interested in just making sure we don't have Grant anymore. Uh, and then the other one is, is Blake Griffin, who a little more of a kind of a mascot for, for the team. I love what Blake's been doing for the team this year, but if he were not to play next year, that wouldn't impact it. But besides that, every other guy is on the team. Plus, plus so, you're forgetting one. You know who's coming back? We actually have an addition coming back next year. Oh, Danilo. Danilo Gallinari in one more year. Mr. Best Dressed on the Sideline will actually be dressed in green for the first time, hopefully next year. God, I hope he gets through the offseason and just doesn't get injured again. I'm not saying he would have been the difference maker, but perhaps having one more adult in the room really wouldn't have hurt. Also, just having one more you know, seven-foot guy with some fouls that could actually shoot, I don't think that would have hurt when we watched Al really struggle. I, I just there, There's another Ooh, shooting option. This just would have been another tall shooter that we would have had as an option. And I don't know. You know, I look at it as like we didn't even play Mascala. We didn't even get creative with that at all. I'm not saying that that was a solution, but I kind of feel like Gallinari at this point is, is is like a combo between a slow Al and, and like a better Mascala shooter, but like not that much faster than either of them. And not probably not faster than any of them, actually. But I, I don't know. I'm not saying that would have been the difference maker. But he's coming to our team next year. He's an actual addition. Now, you said you went and looked at you got them all pulled up right now. I I did this yeah. earlier. I looked throughout all these teams. I looked at like who's coming back, who could actually be better just on paper next year going into it. I looked at Milwaukee and I was like, "Well, how can they be better?" You know, they Brook Lopez will be a free agent. Middleton will be a contract year. He has a player option. I imagine he will sign that. Uh I assume Giannis will be healthy. It it's not even like he was injured last year. He just got injured for a couple playoffs. That's that's going to happen. He's an, he's an aggressive guy, but I know I'll tell you what, he'll be ready to play next year. I don't, I don't see any reason he sure why, will. why not. So like are, are they can actually get better. Is anyone on that team actually gonna get better? I think they all just age a little bit more. And at some point that'll be a weakness for the Celtics, but you know, Brooke Lopez aging is a little different than Jason Tatum aging. I, I think that we yeah. still kind of win that. I think Chris Middleton didn't really have a fantastic year. I think there's hope that maybe he can have a better year next year. But, uh, but other than that, like there isn't, there isn't a move here where they bring everything back that I think they're any better. Now, they lost to Miami as well, so maybe we should feel maybe not as bad as we could, but, you know, they're coming next year, and then, and if we'd faced them, I think a lot of the problems we had against Miami, we might have had it facing them as well. And I looked at Miami. Miami actually could possibly have the most movement of all that. They have the most possible free agents that are actively playing right now. Strews not on our contract. Gabe Vincent not on our contract. Kevin Love not on our contract. Cody Zeller not on contract. And we talked about possibly bringing back Danilo Gallinari for some injuries. They're also doing all this without Tyler Hero and without Victor Oladipo. So those are almost like two possible free agents that you'll have next year. The Oladipo ones could possibly be the worst thing where he may not ever play again. But either way, Tyler Hero is an addition that you will have for Miami next year. Despite the results of whatever happens from here forward, Miami getting to the finals, winning, losing, it doesn't matter. They will have Tyler Hero next year as well as pretty much all the important guys that they need. I... I I don't know how they're doing this. Philly's the same way. The only real option they got there is James Harden. That's either a pro or a con. I don't know if that is going to move the needle for good or for worse. We've we got to just see what kind of James Harden we get in the long run, and that's a tough one. Niang will also be a free agent. I don't think that's quite of a deal breaker for Philly, but they're mostly bringing back a lot of the same guys if they're able to bring back Harden. And if you go through every other NBA team in the East, at least, like, like the Celtics still have the best odds for next year. Like, I won't be shocked if regardless if the second Miami wins or loses the finals and the odds come out for next year, I think it's going to be Milwaukee and Boston still. Like, like you're going to be shocked if you see Miami as like a favorite next year, right? Like, that still isn't going to happen. 
Or no, that would be a favorite. Are we all buyers now? Like n- nobody's doing that. No, no one, no one's doing that. So no one was doing it last year. All that being doesn't said, mean it's not gonna, doesn't mean it's not gonna happen. But yeah, it's not. It's not how the the, the odds are gonna go for sure. All that being said, I look across the league in the East. I don't know if there's a lot of teams that can truly improve and get better than the Celtics within the next season. Even if we don't make any movements, even if we run back the same team with the same coach, I still think we have a very good chance of getting there. The sad thing with all of it is I just don't want to see our guys give up, and I don't want to see us become this lazy offense that doesn't play defense or this just weird on-switch, off-switch team. I, I So I've been getting Marcus up- Smart won – Defensive player of the year last year, and there was talk that it might have been Rob Williams if he had been able to play more. And this is like, we added Malcolm Brogdon, who's not some sort of like amazing, you know, lockdown defender, but it's not he's not Civ either. It's just like these these are the same guys. Like, how can it be this much worse? I would run it and back. Maybe maybe that's where you know I just you know I I just very underestimate you know the, the coaching. Maybe that's on me and. You know, we've been very lucky with our, our football team and our and our basketball team having very uh, uh, above average to elite coaches and just take it for granted. I would run it back, but I would run it back with a coach that is going to be far more demanding and actually say, hey, you guys haven't done anything. All that means nothing. All this regular season nonsense, all these all NBAs, great for your money, great success. You're, you're a legitimate player. Clearly, your peers appreciate you, but they will respect you for real when you get the ring on the finger and you're not going to be able to do that unless you learn how to win a close game. And part of me thinks losing all these close games and getting blown out and all that is, is just a learning curve where we hopefully learn from it. The concerning part is I don't think we are learning from it. Like we can't even learn from it from a night to night basis. I'm hoping we can learn it from a year to year basis where we're going in the off season and we actually make some adjustments watching some film because all the same guys are coming back at us next year and all the same targets are still on our back regardless of the results this year. Maybe it'll be a little bit better or we're more of an underdog next year or maybe disrespected and, and maybe maybe Miami is ahead of us on the title favorites. You know, maybe that's what we need, a little bulletin board material because whatever effort we had this year just isn't cutting it and it's sad because I've seen us play better and I know we can play better and we just can't seem to do that when we have a little adversity. I, so I, in the mornings, I've generally I've been getting on the treadmill, I've been watching the games of the night before. Now, there's a lot less games to watch now, so sometimes I get caught up on the other games. Obviously, today I wasn't about to jump back in and watch the Celtics game of last night, but I, I do have all of the Celtics games pre-recorded. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to go back all the way game one of the year, first game of the year. It's a home game. We're hosting Philly. I'm going to put it on. I watched the first five minutes, and I turned it off because it was it was awful. Do you, you want to know what happened? Do you remember what happened in the first, like, five minutes? You, you, Robin, no. you, you probably don't even know, but I'll tell you what. You're going to remember it because I feel like every other Celtics game, we go up 11-2. Everything's rocking. We're doing great. And then in the next two minutes, we give up like a 12-0 run, and we're down now all of a sudden. And it's like, I just I turned it off immediately after. I was like, I just saw this happen. <laughs> and I understand that that's just basketball, that, you know, you're going to make a run, they're going to make a run. But that is our team of the on-switch, off-switch, of up 10, down 10. I've never seen a team who just can't hold a lead, can't play better with a lead, can't build on a lead without just crushing anyone, and then crumbles the second they blow a lead. So it's like... You either got to be good at holding it or really good at, at, at the adversity of dealing with it when you blow it up. You can't be bad at both, and that is a weakness of this team. That It just frustrates the hell out of me. But I I just think it's a correctable thing. Like I, I, as, as insane as as simple as it sounds, I feel like we can fix this still. And I, what, I, I don't, what, know, I don't what, know what I would do. What are you expecting tomorrow night? 
game four at, at Miami. Oh, lay down big time. What Cancun on three? They're gonna be wearing tank tops, wearing sunglasses. Every one of them will probably be spotted out well, at the clubs think, in Miami I that think, night. I think they wear. I think they wear tank tops every game, so that might not stick out. All right, South Beach. They'll be out. They're gonna be partying. They're gonna be celebrating all their all NBA contracts. You know. They're going to be possibly bonding over the chances of Grant Williams not being on the team next year and then inviting him <laughs> and making fun of that all at the same time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't see us, uh, like, I don't see us winning game four. Like, do you, do you even want to win game four? Do you want to win game four and, and lose game five in Boston? Cause I don't think we could do that either. I, I, it's one game at a time, but I, I'd much rather just get it all over with in Miami than to have, one more game I have to watch these guys suffer through and just because we don't have we don't have the intensity we don't have it in us to actually come back like we don't this team does this team's so soft this team doesn't have it in them to actually come back from 3-0 like it's physically impossible there's no way they could do it well it's, it's never it's never happened before it's this isn't the team that's going to do it is what I'm saying it's not going to be this soft weak team well you're, you're well one you're never going to expect it because but just it's just still, it's just baffling how this team got in, in this situation in one week <laughs> from the top of the top to the, to the low, low, of the low, just, it happened all so fast. And it just, uh, it's, it's just so disappointing where you, after game three, it's just like, well, season's over. They like, like you say, like there's not even an expectation that we're going to even come out on the court. Like start the, uh, what do they call them? The, the bus one boys, the one, you know, the, 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 <laughs> you know the the end of the bench guys like hey those guys seem to want to play like throw them in there i would start missoula at point i i would i wouldn't even put the minutes on anyone else i would just let him ride out his contract as a player coach for the next game you know this guy went from firing game two to now he's playing in game four you know this is this is quite the journey yeah you you, you have quite the uh quite the general manager skills over here well, just uh, just trying to make a good TV product. That's that's really all it's about. Uh, sorry, the succession reference. <laughs> uh, moving on to anything else with the Boston Celtics because I have no other interest and no other time into all of this. Uh, Denver really good at basketball. I don't know if we've said that before. Lakers struggling a little bit here. I think they've finally hit the point where they are no longer interested in D'Angelo Russell's antics. They are no longer interested in Vanderbilt missing shots from the side. And Austin Reeves seems like he should probably have the ball a little bit more than LeBron James. So in a week, we've talked about the Celtics journey. The, the, the Lakers as well have kind of come down on all these role players. But I, I love me some Austin Reeves, and I love me some Denver basketball. Um, Jokic is great, and they get a good shot every single time. I stand by that, and I think that is why this team continues to have success. Close game in L.A. Felt like it, it was right there for L.A. to have. There was one little run, one little punch by Denver at the end, and that, that's kind of all it took. I'm very ecstatic and happy to finally see Jamal Murray back and healthy. Who would have thought? You never know when these guys get injured. Are they ever going to be back? Are they ever going to be that guy again? I think I think he's fine. Like, I think he's the guy again, right? Like we we can we could say that. I saw some heat checks. I saw some games where oh yeah, one two punch with Jokic. Yeah, two he game, looks awesome game. Looks great. Very very happy to see that because you never know. You never know. And, and I I think we have been hard and everyone has been hard on Jokic for winning the MVPs and not necessarily having a lot of playoff success and then. I watch Murray go out there and have these 30-point halves and things like that, and I'm like, well, don't you think Jokic misses that guy like a little bit? Like, don't you think some of the, the playoff success would have been you know, a little bit better if he'd had this guy? And 
it's like obvious. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm happy that that argument just stands up real well and that uh, they continue to have success because I think they were the best team. Uh, now the winner, it feels like it'll be inevitably Miami in Denver. Is it, is it too early to, to talk that? Or do you, do you have any thoughts on Denver and the Lakers or on the, their futures? I mean, well, that's been a silver lining of this past week is that uh, the Lakers are down 3 because I think if the Lakers had been up or that series was any longer, I already had to deal with UConn winning a national championship. So I have to deal with the, the Lakers going to the finals and then playing playing the Heat again. That that would not have been fun. So that's just been uh, one small uh, small little victory over here, as well as with uh, Austin Reeves playing so well, he, he might have played it so the Lakers aren't going to be able to afford him, and uh, that's just a little bit a little bit of fun for me as well. I like already picking free agent spots for them. I, I like that the Lakers are going to kind of have to keep him, and it's going to be really expensive, or they may lose him to a ridiculous contract somewhere else. Uh, I like what he's doing. He's a smart player. I, 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 he's, he's a smart, good player. I like that he's going down swinging. I think there's at times I'm critical of guys for taking bad shots or bad threes, but I think Reeves has in, been in multiple positions where it, it's almost unfair where he has this expectation of having to score, and He's just not going down without swinging. I like that he's taking some chances. It's it's not the easiest thing to do, and he's making shots. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be saying this. I, it's it's a long NBA season, I'll tell you that. Yeah, talk about taking advantage of an opportunity. It, it, it's not that long ago. It was basically a year ago when he was playing with LeBron, and there's that uh, video of LeBron explaining something basketball-related to him. And you can just tell he is just... <laughs> drowning and just that has this look uh, of just perplexion on his face and just uh, all right i'll try and now he's out there this year and putting up serious numbers and had had a great year and now it's like gonna get gonna get paid all right let's wrap up the nba talk uh finals predictions are we gonna these series are gonna wrap up quick do we have to do that now or do we have time before the next I like the final. The finals uh, aren't starting. I think we'll have yeah, some time. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, there's gonna be like a like a week, week. I think it might have been a week plus before game one. Yeah, and they didn't plan any Jordan documentaries or anything this this time, right? Like I gotta, I gotta actually wait a week without basketball and suffer in my Celtics sorrows of wondering what the hell's gonna happen. Okay, I'll find something else on TV. Uh, speaking of TV and something else, the NFL has. A couple of announcements, actually. Uh, the third quarterback being allowed on the roster is—is is that just for playoffs? Is that—is that what the idea is behind that? As, as a emergency? Uh, third I, I was seeing it. It was—it was because of last year with the uh, with the Forty ers But uh, for I could no, this this was for for all games. It seems it seems seems smart. I, I wonder. Do you, like, do you, the value of your third string, like how, how much effort is going into that? Like if you have three guys and you actually recognize all of the names, is that is that a good job or a bad job? Like if I'm the person? If you're if you're the GM and you have like three quarterbacks and you recognize all like if you're this is the Niners at this point and you have like is that the goal? If you are suddenly allowed to have three, do you want to have three excellent ones or are you kind of undermining that last one a little bit just because it the competition? Well he's an hard. emergency. I think I think he realizes what his spot is is that you're 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 break in case of emergency like you should not be playing, but you get to 
you get to suit up. You get to be on the sideline, so that's cool. All right, so you have Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, and Trey Lance. <laughs> Who's the one, two, and the three? And how often throughout the season is that going to change? Like, is this going to be like a stock market? Well, now, now remember that this is this is a, a specific emergency quarterback position. So in this position, the number one and number two either have to get hurt, ejected, somehow can't play for you to be able to play. So this is not just a third-string quarterback. There are teams that will have three quarterbacks on the team, so you could decide if you know the number one gets hurt, whether you wanted two or three. Where in this case, if the emergency guy goes in and then one of the other ones gets cleared to play, he has to be removed from the game. So this is purely an emergency. This is not a traditional we're just gonna have three three quarterbacks but the idea being to avoid what happened with the 49ers of oh no it's a playoff game this is important and we're gonna have to start our running back at quarterback that's interesting team seems I like it's an easy it's an easy rule they got the it's, it's goofy you hear about it every once in a while with the uh nhl with hockey where there's the emergency goalie that is in the arena and he could play for either team if something happens just so that it's just not no nobody's in the goal. So who's who's uh, haggling over Tom Brady? I need you to be my third string in case of emergency quarterback. Well, wouldn't you just want to play Tom Brady? Maybe, maybe you can't convince you, him to as maybe, your quarterback maybe, one. Maybe he's only interested in being a third string. I would be surprised if that was the case. I don't think like he'd want to go through all the work to then not play on Sunday. But I, I guess maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe, but maybe you'll only be able to see him on Peacock this year because the NFL has made a deal where they're going to air at least one playoff game exclusively on the Peacock streaming service. Now, this is the NBC streaming service. Are you going to need a subscription for this, or this is going to be yes? This so you, yep. there's no other way around this. this no this, other way around it. It will be. A, it's going to be a wild card game. It's going to be the Saturday. And it's going to be there's going to be a simulcast NBC and Peacock, and then immediately afterwards the, the next game will be uh, Peacock only. Not on YouTube TV, not on NBC cable. Not not on cable at all. Wow. Similar to you know Amazon Prime, where you you can't watch it any anywhere else. That's true. That is how that works. I don't. I don't I'm starting to not like this. I'm. I'm very much attached to everything being on my my channel. I, don't, I like channel surfing. I guess if you you're not channel surfing, that that that's not an issue. This makes it a little bit more of an issue. Also with Amazon, it seems like it was far more universally like everybody I know has or at least knows somebody who has an Amazon account, and, and thus the game didn't feel like it has that much of a barrier of entry of already having and being Thursday Thursday night is a big difference between play. Else. A huge difference, massive difference. The worst games out of all the whole season are always the Thursday night game. So it, it felt like let's pump a little extra juice into the game that nobody really likes or cares about or ends up being very good. I mean, I'm shocked the Amazon still wanted to have the Thursdays. They got some rough games last year. I thought the, the crew and all that was, was really exciting, and I thought they were good, but they just didn't get any good products to talk about or really perform on. Uh, this is this is next level, I guess, and I don't know if – I'm okay with this future or not. I mean, how how different is this from just putting the game on NFL Network? 
I think the the main difference is that NFL Network is still part of the cable package. So you'd have to go through your cable to get NFL Network, where for Peacock, you could just get that a la carte on its own. So barrier to entry a little little bit easier, but still a barrier, but not a not an impossible one, not a hardware one, and I, I, I guess a far more affordable one. I, I, I don't know. I actually, I, I do have Peacock. I don't know the how much that that costs off off the top of my head uh the the bigger concern is a lot of the streaming services there's the delay so cable comes at one speed and the streaming services have been traditionally slower and depending on how slow it can really impact your 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 viewing if you're following along uh, on twitter or you're trying to 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 live gamble it it could become an issue as well as the other issue could be uh putting it on in, in the bar you know, all these restaurants and bars, you got all your, your cable packages and everything set up, but now all of a sudden you need this streaming service. It's not impossible, but just figuring that out into the into the mix, I think it's going to take a little while for everybody to get used to it. That's an extra step. I hadn't even thought of that step. You know, it's it, yeah, that's... <laughs> I, I don't like it, but I don't really have any control over it, and I'm not shocked by it. I almost just want to let it happen and just see if there's enough complaints that this just never happens again <laughs> or if enough people just give it. I think in. it's more, I think it's more likely to continue to happen. Yeah. I, just I think wish- it's good. I think it's going to be more annoying. Similar to what we're already dealing with, with TV is all right. I want to watch, I want to watch a football game. All right, cool. Well, you're going to need YouTube TV for the regular season for the direct TV package. You have to pay extra for red zone. But then on Thursday night, you need to get an Amazon Prime account. Uh, Monday nights are going to be ESPN, so you're going to need a cable and log in for that. And then in the playoffs, well, you're going to need Peacock. And then um, Netflix actually has one now, and there's going to be, like, another one. It's just be like, this is a lot of services just to watch football. It doesn't feel a la carte at all. It, it, it feels <laughs> the opposite. It feels like I wish there was almost just a huge umbrella of which I could just, you know, go from one game to the next game you know, between the services, like they were just channels instead, <laughs> instead of services. And there'd be like a guy, big, big old circle. Yeah. And it'd be like a guide. You'd go from like, you know, Peacock channel to the, the ESPN channel to the red zone channel. And it's, this is all under like one thing though. Like, you know, it'd be crazy. <laughs> the crazy oh, one time is a flat circle. The crazy part about all that is if they would say no contracts, but your contract would change every month. So it'd be like, you'd almost want a contract. It's just, <laughs> oh, so you know exactly man. what you're paying for. Madness, madness and all this. It, it's, I, I guess we're getting to the point where I'm starting to feel real old about all that and trying to explain this to someone older than me too, that the game is not on anything else. Like you, you, when it's exclusive on that, but you know, I, I what do you mean? I'm I'm paying I'm paying for cable with the sports package. What do you mean I can't watch this playoff game? Yeah, yeah. No, I I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what I'm, I'm hoping for for all of this. I I suppose that if you wanted somebody to use the streaming service, this is really the only way to actually force them to do it is to actually say it's exclusively on here. Yep. That's the only way to really give them some juice, and that's the only way it ever really gets going here. Now, I'm seeing here as another topic, you said ESPN is hoping to go a direct-to-consumer route, which is very similar to all this. Is this just kind of a Disney Plus, ESPN Plus 
add-on where would they want to take their channel off of what other services and basically only exclusively offer this through the ESPN app or some sort no. of form of that? Or so they're trying, and this is why they're. It's sort of it's more rumored than announced at this point because what they want to do is they're trying to figure out how they can get the best of both worlds. They want people that just want to pay for ESPN and don't want to pay for cable, giving them money directly. But they also don't want to mess up the good deal that they have with all the cable providers. So they're they're trying to tiptoe right down the middle, and I don't think they figured out exactly how to do it yet. I do not think that it will be, and it's going to be confusing, that I don't think it'll be combined with Disney Plus and ESPN Plus because I think ESPN knows they can charge a much higher uh, rate than they do for those other services. Well, this is all coming at a time where HBO Max and Discovery Discovery Plus, I, I, these names all sound like succession knockoffs at this point, but uh, they're they're merging tomorrow. Tomorrow tomorrow's the day where it'll be Max. Uh, I think we've made that announcement prior. I haven't exactly yep. figured out is do I need to download a new app or what my payment plan is going to change into, or if I'm able to share this with anyone else or any all that. But I know that's happening tomorrow. And that is kind of the first one where I'm seeing the reverse of the merging of apps and not the division of. So I don't know if we're are, are we just up on the uphill of, of merging everyone back kind of together? Is that is that what's happening eventually here? Because I'm hearing Hulu and Disney Plus are inevitably going to merge at some point as well. Yes. Yep. They're they're going to merge into the same app. Yeah. All right. Well, split them all up. Put them all back together. I don't know if we're all better charge off. Or it, not. Charge a double. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where we're all at in all this. This was all such a great idea not so long ago. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. I this is this was work today. This this podcast is never as much work. This this was this was rough. And it's you gonna know, be a long off season. No, the the worst part is is it's like all right, so basketball's over, whatever. On to the next season. Patriots, let's do it. And it's like, ah, Patriots and Oh, their headaches. I just the headaches should not just go away. It used to go away all the time. Belichick used to be able to fix everything. Went away immediately. It's like yeah, it went Bel- away so fast. Oh man! And then this year, there's so much drama within just our our football division and Rodgers and the Jets and Miami and Miami and stupid Buffalo still jumping on tables and they still got Josh Allen and. I, I hope that there's just some good news in New England at some point. And I don't want any sympathy from anyone. I just just a little a little underdog story maybe. I just want to I just want to have some just a uh, just a little something like hey where did these guys come from? I just want to root for a team with some heart, and I understand it not being easy, and it's never gonna be easy. But ah, the Celtics are just that ah, wasn't good. I'd We're rather... gonna be looking at back at this. We're be looking back at this one for a long time, just being like how. How do we? How do we just get beat so badly by this team? It, it, if the, if like there's so many scenarios where the window could be over, and I know it's not because of what we have under contract and what every other team has under contract. But at some point, I may just start saying that maybe this is the peak of this. Maybe this team isn't good enough to win a championship, and it doesn't make any sense because we have all the elements that I think are critical for it. We have all the hard things that I think you go out and search for. 
point, at some point, it becomes at a price. Guys get better. Guys have success. They cost more money. They sign longer contracts. They get better offers for other teams because of all that. And then that's how the window that we once had shrinks a little bit. And I, I don't know if we're heading for all that. I don't even know if we're there. But at some point, that's going to come. And, and this is going to look like a real blown opportunity. And that's that's not good. I think the worst treat, the worst tweet I saw over the weekend was the Bomani tweet saying, "Yeah, just imagine you're Philly and you you blew the the three two lead to these guys. Just that that can't feel good either. That's that's probably not great. Uh, but if you're Milwaukee, maybe you're feeling great. You know, maybe this this is this is the past you were hoping for. Hey, look at this. We won more games against the Heat than uh, Milwaukee or uh, or Boston. I, I think we're in good shape. I don't think we got to make any moves. We're good to go. Oh, don't don't do that to the Knicks. The Knicks they need more I, hope. I I didn't say it. I saw tweets. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back next week with I don't know what. We should probably actually plan that on on our own because there's not gonna be any more basketball. Like there's. Like, do you want? Should we talk about women Yama? Did we do that? Did that happen already? No, no. The Spurs, Spurs got the first pick. Should we do? Let's, let's save that for next week. That's not All like right. that's gonna age. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. All right, we'll be back next week, and you know maybe it'll be this wild scenario where the Celtics have forced a game seven, and that there's there's relevance. I, I just want it to be over with. I don't even want it to happen. Do you want a chance to win this? Do you want this to happen? Of course I want to win win game seven. You want to go through the stress of winning three games in a row and then Boston just blowing it on game seven? You're you're okay with that. You're you're, you're signing up for it. That's all I signed up for with uh, with the Sixers, and then we won, and then it was awesome. I I don't think I can handle it. I don't think it would be good for my health just watching this team force a game seven. And then... The, the amount of pressure of that game seven would kill me. It, it would just be like either this is the greatest <laughs> team of all time or this is the biggest waste of time in my life. I don't know why I ever had any faith in this team. I want to just be over with on game four. I know that's a, not the good attitude. I said the culture's all screwed up, but I don't think we could fix this culture in this series. I think we need to go home in our sorrows and really, really wallow in the loss of being swept by a nine seed, an eight seed, a ten seed. I don't even know what seed they are. They... They, they're called an 8 seed, but they weren't actually an 8 seed. They, they were almost lost to a 10 seed. Ah, we'll they be, a 7 seed? We'll be back. I don't care. They're, they're better than us. <laughs> I need to get out of here. Little column A, little column B.